Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to our podcast where we cover business in the news and add our legal twist. My name is Nasser Pasha. You say Nasser Pasha? <laughs> no, I said Nasser Pasha. Well, I'm Matt Staub, but it sounded like you said Sir Pasha. Yes, Nasser Sir Pasha. You've reached another level of, of royalty, I guess. <laughs> I was at one level of royalty, but I got to the next level of royalty. Yeah, you were at one and you went to two. So, <laughs> uh, Very good. Well, life is short, Matt. <laughs> you should have an affair and then get caught with it. Yeah. That's my advice. So they cancel each other out. So then, and then you're at square one. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think that's what a lot of people, or that's what a lot of men were trying to do. Well, I don't think, they <laughs> step back. I don't think any men were trying to get caught, but a lot of men but were. In a way, in a way, weren't they though? They were, they were just asking for it, no? Oh, they, they were asking for it. But I think if these guys, that's, if we're, we're talking about the Ashley Madison stuff again, just because we have to, because there's so many things going on, but yeah. I don't see how any reasonable person could sign up for that and be like, oh, yes, this will definitely work out. I mean, I don't think they were expecting this massive leak of all the information or all the uh, accounts I got signed up. But no, like just who are the people that are signing up with their work account? Yeah. Why would these people ever do that? I don't really understand it. Exactly. There's a lot of issues here and hopefully we get to cover it all. So one of the main things that these these class action lawsuits that are coming out now, there's one in California that's pretty big and another one in Toronto that are, you know, that's where the company's based. And they're suing the, not only Ashley Madison, but the parent company as well. So basically, if you paid $19, you would get your data deleted. Apparently they were doing some of it, but there were some accounts according to the California lawsuit that weren't scrubbed. But if you look at even what they did purport to scrub in the raw data that was released, they don't quite delete the whole email address. They just delete the first part of it, which is pretty strange. And then second, apparently they also include the GPS location of where you're at and like what your likes and dislikes are. So it is anonymized to a certain degree, at least the default is, but even then they say that there were some accounts that weren't deleted at all or somehow the personal information was still identifiable. Yeah, which is not surprising because it seems like how everything was run with this company from the get-go. I mean, they. <laughs> one thing I thought that was funny that came out was, you know, they advertised this 70 to 30 split male to female, which isn't too great, but, you know, it's still decent. But it, It's believable. Yeah, at least, but after all this information has been coming out there, Saying it was more akin to a 95 to 5 split with the 5% of females pretty much not even using the account. So, and then 50% of that 5% were actually men. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we don't know for sure yet, but what's believed is what happens. And I think there's pretty good evidence of it is that Ashley Madison was just creating these fake female accounts to, to ramp up the, the numbers. And you now that's just one of the many deceitful things that this company did yeah and you know now it's all kind of i mean it's one thing to have the the data hacked into and all dumped out but you know that's one problem but now they're really digging into the company and seeing all these other fraudulent things that have occurred and i saw some pretty sizable numbers i mean the class actions alone one of them 
One suit was alleging more than $500 million in damages. I think I saw a number of over a billion dollars total with all these different lawsuits that are being thrown around. Which is a problem. We talked about, you know, when we last talked about this, I was struggling to figure out, like, if how do you do a class action? Because, I mean, that, that seems to be the next thing to, to go. And this was before a lot of this data was even released. I mean, when we first covered this, it was posted, but only some of it was posted. And they were pretty successful in getting this data down. But then... Then I think last week it it hit hard, and then the next day the CEO emails were released. Which, by the way, I don't know if you saw that. This, some of the CEO emails basically, surprise, surprise, showed that he was having a couple affairs or something like that, uh, something to that effect. <laughs> not not too surprising. But you know, do you know how we found out about these fake profiles? Is a couple ways. There was a former employee claimed she made hundreds of fake, alluring female profiles. And, and so that's one source. And then there was also this other lawsuit with a former employee or contractor that basically was hired to do the same thing. So apparently this was, from what I can see and what's being alleged, this was a pretty common thing for them to do. And that would make sense looking at their 70-30 claims versus the the 95-5 that we're, yeah. that we're seeing now. And so, like I said, it's one thing, but... One thing is I think the next kind of hammer to fall on Ashley Madison. I mean, these class action lawsuits are enough, but I think the FTC has to get involved at this point. I mean, there's just too much information there that is just, you know, it's it's becoming more and more revealing and likely that a lot of the things that they said that they were supposed to do, they did not do. They mishandled information and data. Like for example, and this is maybe unrelated to the FTC, in California, one of the allegations was they didn't notify the users of the breach soon enough which is kind of maybe probably a technical glitch because I'm sure everyone heard about it. It's been on the news for the past, every day for the past few weeks. So, But it seems as though Ashley Madison, I think when we first talked about it, we were like, well, I think you even mentioned is that, well, this might be the end of the site. But then we, you kind of took that back a little bit because, well, it's going to survive. There's been many other sites that have survived. But are, do what do you think now after all these things that have gone through? Is it... Is this the last we've seen of Ashley Madison? I would guess it's probably the last. I, I mean, it still might be around, but well, actually, if the FTC gets involved, like you're saying, then yeah, I think it's probably game over. But in terms of a similar site, I wouldn't be surprised if there's, an, well, there are probably already ones that are out there, but you know, I think something similar could easily pop up and, you know, remain. But yeah, like you said, I, I, I agree with you. The, the FTC looks like they're going to get involved. I mean, you know how it is, especially when something gets this much publicity, the target keeps growing larger and larger on the back. And eventually all these different agencies are going to come in and, and really just wreak havoc. And CEO is probably done. It's, it's looking at some jail time, I would guess. But yeah, I guess the most surprising thing, and you, you mentioned it briefly earlier, is how many people are stepping forward to help out this this class action because i think i said that i was like no one's gonna i mean that's gonna be the biggest problem is if there's a data leak is like who's gonna come out and say yes i was uh, affected by this so i should i should benefit i also remember i also said like how do you notify the class but i realized and, and i talked to a class action attorney about this by the way but basically what what's very common is that you know just like the red bull thing right when we submitted our red bull request and we still haven't gotten that settlement yet. Not yet. I'm pissed off about that, but that's a different issue. Is that we actually had to go to a website and say, hey, we bought some Red Bull and, and that's it. And that might be a way to do it. Is that okay, you put in your information and they verified and so forth somehow 
that you're part of this list of users and then and then collect your funds. But the problem, <laughs> the biggest problem with the class action is that how do you prove damages? That's I think that's going to be the tough part. And maybe there's certain like for example the data breach or whatever the privacy and so forth. I think mostly it's going to be that $19 that may have paid. That's going to be the easiest damages. But if you're if the class action is more on along the lines that hey you ruined my marriage, that is going to be a tougher tougher one to settle or or get past a class action certification. Yeah, I mean it's always easier when there's numbers involved and that's what they're targeting. I mean the argument of yeah you ruined my marriage and you know, I want to say something about the point you just made like with the Red Bull someone could have not drank a Red Bull during that time period that they put out there and they could still get the two Red Bulls. No one who didn't register on the site's going to say, "Oh yes, I uh, did register. I want my money because then you get a check in the mail and it's <laughs> from Ashley Madison what's yeah. this well well to be fair and the, people have mentioned this too is is the people listed that on the site and their email addresses that may still be public you know because they didn't pay that $19 for example it doesn't mean they had an affair it just means that maybe they were seeking an affair or like this other reporter that we covered I, I forget if we covered him but it was a couple of years ago, I think in 2013 or so, this reporter went, quote, undercover to register Ashley Madison and to do a cover story on it. But of course, I, I wonder how it actually started. You know, it's like, oh, honey, I'm just doing research, right? You know, is when he's searching the site. Yeah, exactly. It's a nice little backstory. But, you know, so with, this all kind of started with this, I think it's called the impact team. Yeah. It's, they, they call it these black hat groups, but basically it's, you know, people that are trying to right some wrongs and it's all based on hacking in and, and doing things from there. But usually what happens is they'll just do it unannounced. But it looks like within this instance, they, you know, they clearly announced something beforehand, this, this cyber attack. And I think they did the same thing with Sony a few years back. But uh, as a business owner, and you know, unless you're business is well probably a couple things unless your business is morally or ethically questionable and then also you're you're big enough to garner attention yeah probably don't have to worry about this but you know it is a situation maybe that someone tries to leverage something against you and i use the word leverage and not extort but i would take the stance as a business owner with some of these if this would happen to me bigger company put that aside but if i had a smaller business and someone tried to come after me for a similar thing i'm probably just not gonna not gonna do anything i guess i mean i i, yeah. I would just kind of or maybe at work if it was really bad and i was concerned about it, maybe try to settle something silently so it doesn't become public yeah and you've seen other cases like target home depot and these big retail stores that and there's been really big hacks right that have had their data leaked. And a lot of times when, when it comes to consumers, it's like, okay, my name and my credit card information and maybe the type of you know soda I buy is now in a public information. That's not that as, as big of a deal, but when you're dealing with you know these kinds of sensitive situations and so forth, then it becomes, okay, great. you know. And let me talk technically here for a second, is that I really feel that eventually we're going to lead to a point, especially when technology can can keep up with it, where all this data that is stored in databases are fully encrypted. And what I mean by that is a lot of this text or information that is stored in, in databases, like your password, for example, is is encrypted. This is good programming. Most most software online is like this. If you design a site and you have the access to the back end, 
you still may not have access to all the passwords because the passwords themselves are encrypted through you know hash hashes what they're called are hashes and i don't want to sound stupid amongst my tech friends so i'm not I'm just going to stop there but point is is that so when this data is released these databases are released oftentimes when people say that the most common password is one, two, three, four, and five or whatever, sometimes it's because they find the passwords were not encrypted or sometimes they are and you can always backwards. So if you put in one, two, three, four and then encrypt it and get the same key as what's in the database, then you know it's a match. That's why if you pick more complicated passwords, it's different. Okay, so here's my point is that <laughs> when it comes to compliance with standard security standards, it's gonna be more leading towards encrypting the entire database, including all these details, including credit card numbers, including you know your email addresses, because it's gonna be harder and harder to prevent these kinds of attacks. And that's gonna become the standard. But the problem why people don't do that now is because it hogs a lot of resources, because every time you access the database, it has to be decrypted. That was long-winded, I know. Can you repeat that? Yeah, yeah I'll repeat that. <laughs> Bottom line is programmers should be listening to this because I really, if they're able to solve that problem of how to encrypt and decrypt, which I'm sure they have already, but just hasn't you know gotten widespread yet. I really think it's going to get to a point where if you don't do that, then you're negligent. Then you're falling below the standard of care for which you need to secure data. You know, one thing that's pretty unfortunate, and this could actually be, I think these would be separate lawsuits, are these people that I guess there's been some suicides that have been linked to this hack. Yeah. And so those families are definitely going to come after if there's any money left. They're definitely going to go after Ashley Madison. I don't know if they'll win, but it's, you know, that's, that's another level. Yeah. That is another level. And there's been a lot of stories like that. Suicides, just people coming out that Ashley Madison ruined my life. And it, it is interesting because I, I do see a lot of people online just don't have the sympathy that maybe some people think that they should have with some of this stuff. You know, I just realized too that what you started off the show with, I didn't realize that was their slogan. Oh, you didn't? No. <laughs> yeah, it was, it's the stupidest, well, my opinion, the stupidest slogan ever. I mean, life is short, have an affair. It's comical, you know? I just thought you made that up, so it makes a lot more sense now. I was going to say maybe you thought I was more clever than I was, but I, it wasn't that clever in the first place, so. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Well, now for the second, the worst slogan of all time. <laughs> keep us sound to keep us smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up to date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.